And if you were bullied and abused, that's really horrible. And it does leave neurological scars on your brain and it does hurt your brain architecture. And yes, it can be seen on brain scans. And you have the capacity within your brain and body and mind to heal. Welcome to the Unlocking Happiness Podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. Collectively, our community builds a better world. I believe life is made up of moments. We have short moments, long moments, good moments, and bad moments. We make sure that all of your life moments are filled with meaning and joy. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the internet's happiest podcast. Now let's unlock happiness. Hello, all you crazy, happy people out there. This is Amy Dix with Choose Happy on another episode of Unlocking Happiness. And today we get to unlock happiness with Jennifer Frazier. She is a best-selling author and award-winning educator, and she has her PhD in comparative literature. She speaks on bullying and the dynamic lessons and the impact of neuroscience has on personal development and cultural change. Now, we are going to talk about her latest book today, The Bullied Brain, but she also had a previous book that she wrote called Teaching Bullies, Zero Tolerance on the Court or in the classroom. And now with The Bully Brain, she talks about how you can heal your scars and restore your health. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Amy. It's yeah. great to be here. It's great having you here. It was such a such a great topic to talk about, one that I think sometimes we shy away from because it could be a difficult topic to talk about. And, you know, I'll just start with a little story here. This just happened last week. My little nephew was here. He is in kindergarten. And while I would consider him a very active, extroverted kind of kid, I heard a story where it, he told me his friends kept kicking his soccer ball over the fence like day after day after day. And I asked my brother about it. And I was like, what's going on? Is he getting bullied? And he goes, oh, maybe. But he just he wasn't standing up for himself. So now we worked with him on how to stand up for yourself. And that hasn't happened anymore. And so anyway, you know, I don't have children, but that was kind of the closest thing into where I thought, oh, okay, like it starts at such a young age and it may have been a small thing, but it may not always be a small thing, right? And that's probably based on perception too. Like that could be a big thing to one person and maybe not as big as a thing to another person, but I'm not the expert here. You are the expert. And so I want to hear your story. And, you know, you haven't written just one book on this. You've written now two books on this. And I don't think somebody writes two books on a very specific topic unless they have a story themselves. So I would love for you to share with the listeners, you know, why does this mean so much to you? Well, you know, it's it's interesting the way you even frame it, because as a positive psychology person, you're already sort of a step ahead because we can choose to be incredibly unhappy and we can choose to hurt other people and we can choose to play out what was done to us when we were growing up and we didn't have power. Or we can choose 
not to hurt other people. We can choose to unpack what happened to us in ways that help us actually be happier, healthier, more engaged with other people, more joyful. And so for me, when I got pulled into a situation where it kind of blew up everything I believed and everything I thought and the way I'd been raised and the cultural conditioning we all go through, because we've all been taught, oh, bullying is bad and children are bullies and children shouldn't do that. We have zero tolerance for it. It's terrible. You know, we've gotten to a point in society where we've created a new word now called bully side. And it's for these children that are so badly treated by their peers that they just want to escape and they take their own lives. And yeah, it's a really uncomfortable topic and people don't want to talk about it, but it's actually really important. What I learned in my own situation was adults teach bullying to children. They role model it and then they tell them not to do it. And this is one of the ways in which we can blow up kids' mental health and blow up their happiness because it creates a lot of confusion. Kids can turn on the internet, the TV, whatever their media is, and watch adults in positions of like the most prestigious, most powerful positions in the world. And they are blatantly bullying people publicly. They're not being held to account for it at all. And at the same time that that's happening in the adult world, we're creating more stringent laws for children who bully. So what I learned was, what happened in my story was the bullies were not children, they were teachers. And that's where I began recognizing that the system itself is completely broken and we need to build something new. And that's what's really exciting in my work is because I think if we build out with brain knowledge and neuroscientific research and psychology research, we can change this whole system and fix it. So you were bullied by a teacher at what age? No, the teachers were bullying children in the school that I worked at. So it was my colleagues and children were reporting, teenagers were reporting, oh, you know, we're being called all these homophobic slurs. We're being sworn at. We're being thrown against the wall. We're being detained when we try to get away from we're yelling in the face. We're being publicly humiliated and shamed. It's like, oh, really? And what's fascinating about it is, I mean, what I've learned in the research, this is textbook, but when it happens to you in your life, it's a shock these teachers have a split personality. So every time I saw them, my colleagues, they were intelligent and charming and nice and self-regulated. They weren't screaming and yelling and humiliating people and using homophobic slurs and swearing. So I was like, you know, it's the classic Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, once you do the research into the brain science, this is a typical presentation and it can be seen on a brain scan. These people present that way because they can't help it, basically. They're not choosing happiness, let's put it that way. Yeah, it's like this very vicious um, cycle of mental illness, right? So like they may have some sort of mental illness or something that they're dealing with, and then they act in a certain way. And now those children or teenagers now may also have future or current mental illness. So it's like this really vicious cycle. Um, Wow. So is it kind of a a case or or sometimes was it a case of like a he said, she said moment? Um, Not really, because there were at least 14 students reporting identical behaviors. And some of them didn't, many of them didn't even know each other. Some were in second year university all the way down to grade 10. I mean, and when you get a presentation like that, I mean, of course the teachers Um, denied it. And what's also fascinating too is what happens in these bullying scenarios is 
children normalize the behavior that's being done to them by powerful adults. So if you have two adults, two teachers working together and they're abusive, one of them is screaming and yelling and shaming and the other stands silent. The teenagers go, oh, maybe the fault lies with me because the adult would intervene if this was bullying. The adult would stop this happening if this was psychological abuse and if it was hurting me. I mean, if I'm feeling hurt, if I'm feeling crazy, it's probably my own fault. I'm weak or I'm sensitive or I'm one of the homophobic slurs they're calling me. So really it's when you talk about infection and you talk about mental illness, that's the perfect word to use. And the people that are doing that are hurt people. And you can see on a brain scan that they have damaged brains. It's just that our society never talks about the brain. We act like it doesn't exist, <laughs> which is one of the craziest things because what happens in the brain is those kids, as you were just describing, they're not using their brains for happiness. Their brains are not focused on social emotional learning. Their brains aren't focused on problem solving or creativity or skill development. Their brains are hyper laser focused on the threat. And the threat is the yelling and the screaming and the humiliating. So those brains are not able to develop in healthy, happy ways. And, you know, we have rampant youth mental illness right now. So I think as adults, we kind of have to look in the mirror and say, surely we can do better. And I believe we can. And that's the, that's the inspiring, exciting part of the book. It's really very empowering once you learn about your own brain, because as you say, a lot of your conduct and a lot of your feelings become choices. You know, uh, what I love about this book is that it's a kind of a step by step, well, not kind of, it is a step by step process on um, how to change your brain. And one of the things that you mentioned, I'm so glad you mentioned it because I wanted to bring it up was you say in the book, like the, you have physical scars on your brain if you were somebody who was bullied. And so, you know, I think a lot of times when we talk about mental health and mental mental illnesses, um, both, we talk about the emotional side of things. And that is so important. And what I think is even more important is the science behind it, because that's where we can change it. That's where we can understand it and make the right decisions moving forward. So that is a lot of your research is the science behind it. Well, and I mean, that's where the power comes from. Because when you start to think about bullying and abuse as a medical issue, then you start to think about healing and repair. It's like, if I have a broken arm, I can't see it, but I go to an expert, I'm in pain, I go to an expert, the expert looks on an x-ray. Well, we have 30 years of neuroscience that tells us that if we are feeling a lot of pain, whether it's emotional pain or chronic pain or any of these types of um, brain responses, depression, anxiety, we can go and get a brain scan. We can do an assessment, a, a series of battery of tests. We can get an EEG. And our, on our brain, it can be shown that certain parts of the brain aren't working well. They're not healthy. They're not lighting up. They're not active in a normal, healthy way. And the exciting thing is, just like you can heal that bone, if you do the right things, if you go to the right expert, if you get the cast on, if you give it time to heal and you don't keep working it in the same way, your brain is unbelievably adept, miraculous at healing. And so this is what I want everyone to know. And this is why I'm super excited about the book is because everyone who talks about, oh, you know, 
that this sense of learned helplessness or I'm powerless to make change, I'm always going to be this way, is not true. Not at all. And if you were bullied and abused, that's really horrible. And it does leave neurological scars on your brain and it does hurt your brain architecture. And yes, it can be seen on brain scans. And you have the capacity within your brain and body and mind to heal. Yes, like the power lies within, right? And uh, I get so excited to talk about <laughs> to talk about this um, because it, it truly, you truly can transform your brain in many ways. And so, take us through, like, let's say Amy Dix was bullied, okay? And I am, let's say, it happened. I'm just going to use these examples as a teenager because this is kind of the road that you were going down. So, um, Amy Dix bullied as a teenager. Now I'm an adult and I feel like, you know, I'm fine. I don't know. Those are some bad, you know, memories, but maybe something needs to be addressed. Maybe, but I'm not sure. So like, what's the first step? So in the book, what I ended up doing is creating a plan, a 10 step plan, essentially action steps that help people unpack or unlearn is another way of thinking about it, what was done to them. So if we think about the brain as kind of a roadmap, Amy Dix, who was bullied, she's got a map in her brain that makes her feel kind of low self-esteem when she goes into relationships at work or maybe a romantic relationship or even in friendships. She's really insecure and she spends a lot of time kind of trying to establish an elusive feeling of trust and she just can't get it. And she goes home every night and smokes up and drinks a bunch of wine and just tries to numb herself because it's so difficult, these relationships. She actually chooses to be alone a lot of the time. She'll even end relationships just to, to be able to go and get numb by herself. So that's not a happy person and that's not a healthy person. And that person feels very trapped and they don't know that it's actually just these neural networks that they keep firing up over and over and over again. And they keep re sort of wiring into the brain. So Amy Dix one day says, you know what? I'm gonna make a change. I'm gonna learn the key, the key things I need to know about neuroscience. I don't need to understand the science really in depth, but I need to know key things like what fires together, wires together. So if I keep firing up the neural network for insecurity, if I keep firing up the neural network for lack of trust because of how my brain was really badly hurt as a teenager when it was developing, then I keep firing that up and wiring it into my brain. And that's a choice because I can go into every single relationship. I can do a lot of deep breathing. I can do a lot of very visualizing like an athlete. What I'm going to visualize my brain. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to visualize those roadmaps in my brain. And I'm going to make, when I get to that, that turning point, I'm going to very consciously choose to fire up the neural network for trust and care and self-esteem. I'm going to fire that up. And it's hard at the beginning. It's really hard. It's like getting in shape. It's not easy to get in shape. It takes a long time. You should have to be awkward at the beginning. You have to fall down. You have to have your lungs burning. You have to have sore muscles. It's not easy, but every single time you fire up that neural network for trust, it's going to start wiring in. And it doesn't mean people won't betray you. You can't control the world out there, but you can become an Amy Dix who's completely confident who's full of self-esteem, who is sculpting her brain for health and happiness with every single practice you do daily. And that's true for everything. If you're a bully, and, and I, 
most people don't know this, but people who abuse other people, people who bully other people, children included, they're damaging their brains. Those people have very damaged brains. As you said at the beginning, you said they're unhealthy, they're unwell, they have mental illness. I would argue they have brain damage and they're passing it on. So those people, if you're one of those people, it's okay. Chances are really good it's not your fault. Chances are good you're acting out in aggressive ways because of how you were treated. That's how it's in the research, it's definitely seen to be true. So what you need to do is fire up the neural network. And yes, it's really hard for compassion. But if you daily practice, every time you feel like lashing out and hurting someone's feelings, if you instead consciously choose the pathway, the neural network to fire up kindness, you can become a kind person. I'm sitting here wondering, this is all really powerful information. And I'm sitting here wondering, you know, we've been talking about the bullied um, and healing their brain. What about the bully? Like, and, and that's kind of where you kind of took this last segment of it is like the person who is bullying. And, you know, we say like, if that's you, but what if that's me and I don't realize it's me? I've got to think that there's bullies out there that don't go, oh yeah, I'm a bully. I'm definitely a bully. <laughs> you know, like uh, what are some things that we can say or, or ask ourselves to, to, to recognize certain behavior or triggers? Like where, do, where does that person start? I guess it's really, I mean, I'm almost sorry you asked this because this is a big system problem. We live in a world that condones bullying. We live in a world that covers up bullying. We live in a world that enables abusive individuals all the time. So let's take some of our massive social figures that have been all over the media in the last couple of years. Let's just look at a, a spectrum of situations in which young people, young adults, or children are in. USA Gymnastics, Hollywood, the workplace in general, Boy Scouts of America, the Catholic Church, Gosh, I mean, we could go on. Every single one of those areas that should be safe places for children, schools, of course, they are rife with highly abusive adults. And instead of the culture, instead of the society, instead of the leadership stopping these adults, they enabled them for decades. So you can well imagine how somebody who's highly abusive comes to not struggles to identify their behavior and then rehabilitate because the society actually is um, empowering them in the abuse that they do. We see it in politics. It's public. So this is where it gets very tricky. Now, somebody who gets caught early and instead of the cover-up happening, the leader says, you know what? You can't behave this way. You're hurting people. And you might come by it honestly, I'm sure you do, but you have a mental health issue. You have an infectious disease. You can't infect other people with it. You need to go to rehab. Imagine a society where we took our abusive individuals and we treated it as a medical problem. You have an addiction to abusive behavior and we're gonna get you better because we know that it's a problem with your brain and we can get your brain better. We have tons of research that says that. So you, you've gotta go out to a clinic for six months and then come on back. You're not gonna get shunned and driven out of our community. So at the very beginning of my book, one of the key points that I want people to understand is in the California prison system, 70% of inmates, 70% of inmates are from foster care. 
Are they bad people? Are they evil? Do they deserve to go to prison? Or did they grow up in such abusive childhoods that their brains are scrambled and they don't know how to function properly and they need to be rehabilitated? I mean, I'll just go back um, on that note and say, like, just what a broken system in general we have, right? Um, in so many ways. And that obviously starts, that's one lane where it starts with children, foster, all, you know, not that foster care is, is terrible. I'm not saying that. I think we try to do a lot of the right things, but obviously something is broken. And that statistic is absolutely, that blew me away. I don't know if you saw my face, but that really blew me away. Uh, that that's, I didn't know what you were going to say, but that is not what I thought you were going to say. So I feel like we need to do a better job in the beginning of um, our young young children's, young adults' lives and take a more proactive approach to things. You know, and I feel like sometimes that this is what happiness really is all about is like a lot of times we're trying to like find that place or search for that place of happiness. It's like we're chasing it, right? But when we when we take a more proactive approach and say like, you don't have to be unhappy to go find happiness, <laughs> right? So like how to sustain it, how to keep it, how to keep that level. Like what if we taught that at a young age? Like how might the world be different then? Well, you know, I mean, the science of happiness is a really wonderful way to think about it. And I, you know, I'm not a scientist, but because I needed to find the answers for myself for how to heal my own brain, because my brain was very traumatized by the time I was, by the time I dealt with the broken system, I was so just kind of shaken to the core. Everything I believed wasn't true. And then I just said to myself, we can make something better. We absolutely can. We have brilliant brains. Why can't we take the research and do things a little differently? Why can't we teach kids that, the most important subject in school is to learn how to be healthy and to learn how to be happy. Everything else follows from that. And if you're not happy, you need to be able to share that with people and tell them and use the right vocabulary, the informed vocabulary in order to be protected or get the help that you need. I mean, it's pretty simple. It doesn't have to be more complex than that. And so this is, I really hope with the book that there's kind of a grassroots movement where individuals read it and they get empowered and they share it with other people. And they say, you know what, this is a choice. We can choose to be informed about the incredible powerhouse that is in our skulls that we tend to ignore because we can't see it. Or we can go on and act like the system is fine and business as usual, even though we keep getting these red flags, these warning signs telling us it's not okay. It's not okay. So let's talk about the book. Where can people find the book, Jennifer? A quick way is my website is bulliedbrain.com. And there's a page on it that says very brazenly, buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> and so you can, you can find all the bookstores where it's available. It's available everywhere, basically. Yeah. And if someone wants to, you know, what kind of audiences do you talk to? I mean, so you talk to schools, you talk to organizations, like if someone wants to bring you in to do a workshop or some sort of speaking, how can they contact you? Best way again is bulliedbrain.com. And if you can't reach me that way, I'm super open to being emailed. My email is Jennifer Fraser, PhD at gmail.com. Just run together, Jennifer Fraser, PhD at gmail.com. I love speaking to schools. I love speaking to groups. I you know, it's funny. I did a presentation for National Alliance of Youth Sports 
And there's about, this is before COVID and there's like 300 guys in the room. It's mostly men and they're the heads of recreation um, sports facilities across the US. And this is in Orlando. And I said to them, you know, raise your hand if you can name five parts of the body. All the hands went up. And I said, raise your hand if you can talk about what that part of the body is basically involved in. All the hands are up. And then I said to him, can you raise your hands if you can name five parts of the brain and what it's basically involved in? People were like, <laughs> and so, you know, and that's where I started. I said, you know what, how come we don't, how come we're not taught anything about our brains? Our brains are the command center for health. They're the command center for happiness, command center for meaningful lives, for caring for other people, for empathy. We have to learn about this incredible organ in our heads. Hmm, that is great. I love that. That's, I mean, even, even myself, I'm like visualizing what that, what that would have looked like as a speaker and um, what a powerful message that is. You know, I think a lot of people listening would have put their hands down as well. And it's not your fault, right? It's just, it's just, we we just don't know better, but we can know better. And a great place to start is with your book. So they can go to bulliedbrain.com. And the name of the book is The Bully Brain, Heal Your Scars and Restore Your Health. Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show today. I have one last question for you. And it is the same question that I ask all the guests. Two-part question. The first part of the question is, if you only had seven more days left to live, what would you do? I would go to Italy with my family and I would party. I would (laughs) write everything down that I want them to know about me in the future, how much I love them, how incredible they are. And then I'd get all my friends to come. And then I would surround myself with all the books I love. And I just, you know what? I'd write like a mad woman because I have a lot to say and I would want to be telling them all the important things that mainly just as a message of how much I love them. So beautiful. So the second part of the question is if you only had seven more days left to live, but you're in a debilitated state. So you couldn't get on a plane, you couldn't go to Italy, but all we had left was your voice. What is the last bit of advice that you would want to give the world? I would want to tell them that hurt brains hurt. So they need to know that when somebody's acting in an awful way, it's because they're in pain. And when somebody is in a lot of pain and you can't see it, they might look very withdrawn and they might be hurting other people and they might be hurting themselves. And so hurt brains hurt. And the beautiful thing is we can get them better. Mm, So good. Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Amy. It was really great to talk to you. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to Unlocking Happiness. I hope you love the show. And if you did, post a link to your social media, tag a friend, and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Help spread more happiness in the world by leaving us a review. If you would like to learn more about what we do, visit choose-happy.me. And if you want to be a future guest, click on the podcast tab to see if you can be our next guest. Or if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Unlocking Happiness with Amy Dix. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs ups, reviews, and ratings go a long way to help promote the show and mean the world to me and my team. 
Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me or join our Facebook group called The Happiest Group on Facebook. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix and we will see you next time.